This is a Rooster Teeth production. In 1956, an entire town was forced out of their homes to make room for a new lake. Since their departure, the land has been plagued with suspicious deaths and strange drownings. Today we look at the inexplicable case of Lake Lanier. This is Red Web. Shuffling papers. Doing business. So and buckle up, kids. This one's a death lake. It is. Throw that on like a VHS cover. Death lake. Death lake. You swim, you die. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we got some sort of, uh, you know, Lake Placid situation. Giant alligator, giant Ooh. piranha, giant snake. All battling it out. In this. Anyway, I'm Trevor Collins. With me, as always, Alfredo Diaz. Bringing that uh, gut instinct. Yeah, I got a gut. To the dead lake. <laughs> yeah, you. Oh, you got a gut. No, I got gut. I, I didn't want to say it, got, but I'm. You know. I got quarantine gut. <laughs> <laughs> but this case uh, is really interesting. Lake Lanier. Yeah, an inexplicably deadly, maliciously, viciously. Yeah. Uh, incomparable. Mm-hmm. Keep lake. going. Oh, I thought we had other adjectives going on. Oh, I really yeah. like the thesaurus, Fredo. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm like a thesaurus. Crack me wide open. Well, all right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so this this lake is a 38,000 acre reservoir that lies in northern Georgia, somewhere around 45 minutes north of Atlanta. And, you know, we'll go into the history of this lake, but essentially there used to be a town here. And we'll go into like the, the past of this location, the dark past of this location as well as some of the mysterious deaths that have happened at this lake, and then dive into what people think is actually going down at this reservoir. Off, a, off the top on. of my head, to me, it just seems like the reverse. It seems like you take a lake mm-hmm. and you build homes on it so that way you can make money and profit. Right. But here they're just like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. They're take like, hey, out, love your town. All, yeah. Get it out of here. Take out all these homes that are, I don't your know. Your house they're, is they're in the way of my future lake. Maybe they're renting or mortgages or whatnot and just put this lake that doesn't make money. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe it does, right? Because the plan, we can go ahead and dive in. Yeah. This, this reservoir, as you can imagine, it's a, it's a man-made lake. Yep. Uh, and it was constructed in 1956 by the U.S. Army Corps and engineers to supply water as well as hydroelectric energy to the city of Atlanta nearby. So they just said, forget this town. We're going to... In the way. We're going to demolish this them. This is the perfect to, place to for my power lake. that city. I got to have my lake. That's crazy. 36 or 38,000 acres. That's yeah. wild. Yeah. So let's talk about the land prior to 1956, the construction. This land okay. that Lake Lanier sits on mostly served farming communities, right? And the most prominent community was the town of Oscarville, Georgia. And again, we'll kind of dive into the history of that town in particular. And and it has quite a dark history as well to it, which plays into some of the theories as to what's going on here. But the U.S. government bought out hundreds of families from their land. And those who refused to sell, go figure, were eventually forcibly removed from their homes. Did they still get paid? I think in modern times, right, if you're up on a city street, you know, and you're like, I'm going to keep my my house. It's good prime real estate. And then eminent domain comes through like they have to give you fair value. But under these circumstances, just by the way it sounds, yeah, it they probably like got they bottomed just, out, right? They're like, you didn't take the deal. You're going to take the scrapings now and yeah, get the heck out of here. Scraps. Which sucks, too, because, I mean, this is a whole different conversation, but this was nice farming land. 
Yeah. You know? I mean, it's like farming's important. Absolutely. I wake up. Healthy soils. I eat eggs. Bacon. That came from a farm, I think. <laughs> I was just thinking about egg plants. <laughs> Wait a minute. That is a plant. <laughs> but I'm just thinking like, you know, I go out to my egg tree and pluck a couple of fresh ones. Yeah, it's a couple. <laughs> and I pet my chickens and I thank them for planting the tree. And then I strip off some of the bacon bark. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's like some mm. kind of Willy Wonka type tree. Ooh, now we're now yeah, we're cooking. There we go. Cooking eggs. But there's a lot of buildings on this land, right? Not just the farms, but the buildings that were made out of wood were entirely torn down, probably salvaged for, for whatever purposes. But if they were made out of brick and concrete, they were just left abandoned, eventually to be at the bottom of this reservoir. Damn, they really didn't give a damn. They're no. Just, they just gutted whatever was left. Oh, God, left no. At the bottom yeah. of it and then just put water on top of it's it? It's all gone. Establishments oh. in the city were entirely torn down to make way for this lake, including the cemeteries. During this process, it is said that many graves were shifted no. and that, you know, were where this lake was going to be. They were shifted to the surrounding lakefront property. Essentially, and, and some reports were saying, they were essentially moving upwards of 700 bodies from 25 different cemeteries in this area during the deconstruction period. 20, there is 25 different cemeteries in this I place? guess so. How Maybe that just tells you how big the landmass this is. What was it, 38,000 acres? <laughs> Right. Now, there are some small plots, right? If you have some historic cemeteries, they're probably mm -hmm. on family grounds. Right. Maybe a 20-odd graves or whatever. But then you think of these, like, massive kind of more corporate cemeteries that have, like, thousands. And I don't yeah. think that's what we're... You're smirking. What's going on? No. What are you cooking up <laughs> no, here, bad man? Nothing. Nothing. I was just thinking to myself, I was like... Trevor, how many acres do you think you are? How many acres do yeah. I think I am? And I'm like, as a not, person? Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, zero, zero point, yeah, two acres. It, it's a question that did not need to be asked. <laughs> but it just crossed my mind. I don't know. This We're man talking measures about, people in acres. Yeah, I'm like, how many acres is man? <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, listen, I'm I'm working on it. <laughs> yeah. I'm working on my, my acre gain. I'm going to be a point zero zero one more. <clears throat> but Caesar Yabor. A spokesperson. <laughs> you say your boy. He's your boy. <laughs> yeah. uh, a spokesperson for the U.S. Army Corps and Engineers has said that it's possible, very possible, I would add, that many unmarked graves were never uprooted and subsequently moved. Right. So, so it stands to reason that there's a lot of buried bodies that weren't marked that are just kicking it at the bottom of the, the this lake. And this lake is purely used to just help generate energy. That was the that's the project's goal. Yes, is to provide fresh water because it's a reservoir for the city as it grows, but also energy Wait. by flow of the so water through a dam. Also, fresh water to the city. Mm -hmm. like, like we're talking like drinking water, toilet water. All you that. just got me thinking. Like, what am I drinking? The drinking dead people water. I guess so. Ghost water. Ghost water. It's ghost water. Hold on a second though. I kind of interested in ghost water. Nick, write this one down. Ghost water store.roostie.com. A new we product coming not, soon. No. Each bottle of water is going to have a whole ghost in it. <laughs> yeah, my ghost is just going to be a bottle of water that's labeled Red Web Task Force Beverage and then there's going to be a little <laughs> tiny no baby hand that just floats it. around inside. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm interested in the idea and I'm interested even more so in cornering the market on ghost water. Now, dead body water, totally different. Right. Not interesting. No, that was one of the ideas. Filter that but stuff then out. We, we made it more appealing right. to the people, ghost water. I would be like, Brivia, how much body does this take out? How many acres of body is this removing? 
Uh, I was gallon. like, wait, Bravia's TV. <laughs> oh, oh, Sony Bravia. What's the, is it Brevia? What is the filter, water filter? Brava. Brita. <laughs> listen, I was keeping, listen, I'm building my own universe of brands. Um, Ghostwater and Brivia. Look, this is not a water podcast, okay? But essentially, once this construction, or should I say deconstruction site was cleared, the town was flooded, all right? So let's talk about how some of the mystery really started to begin. Okay. Since 1956, there have been 675 deaths at Lake Lanier with 27 bodies out of those 675 kind of never being recovered, lost forever to the bodies of this water. This is like that other mystery that was up in the Himalayas with the lake with all the bodies. Yeah, yeah, Skeleton Lake. Skeleton Lake. Mm -hmm. Tell me you got Skeleton Lake 2, the sequel. Oh my God. I love it. So a lot of people missing at this lake, a lot of people passing away. Countless more people have been injured in this lake or needed rescue in some way. Additionally, there have been many drownings and boating accidents that have uh, taken place on these waters. And the water levels have also fluctuated quite drastically due to various periods of drought in the area. And as this water level has gone up and down, uh, it has revealed more and more of the debris that lays beneath the surface of the water, right? I mean, we'll talk about it, but there was a, a car wreck that went into the water. Eventually, as the water levels went lower, they found the car. But again, a lot of the concrete and brick buildings that were a part of this town, this area, were just left. So you got to imagine that there's some stuff just kicking out at the bottom of this lake. And I mean, you don't want to bottom out your boat on the top of a Wendy's. You know what I mean? No, not at all. You don't want to scrape. Even though Wendy's is so delicious. Eat fresh. Right. Hashtags. You can sponsor us. (laughs) Man, get the Wendy's task force (laughs) meal deal. Comes with, comes with what's what's the food we'd make? Oh, we know what the beverage is. Well, here's the thing: you, ghost water. You <laughs> the beverage is ghost water. Three dollars okay. premium. All right, then you get a half and half with the fries. Okay. Oh, half I was fries, thinking... half cheese sticks, and then the burgers also half and half. Yeah. Half burger, half, half chicken. chicken. Wow, the mystery is in the burger. The mysteries, the mystery is what am I eating? The chicken burger. The mystery is I don't know what I'm eating right now. You have no clue. Is this close your mouth? Take a bite. Right. Is this real meat or is this that beyond meat? What is it? Solve the case. (laughs) Which side of the? Oh God. Anyway, I don't know why it's half and half, but I'm into it. But meal deal aside, now I'm hungry. And ghost peppers aside, you know, coming back to the debris that continued to show up. I think that this added to the lack of visibility within the water, which not only put people in precarious situations, whether they were diving or snorkeling or what have you, water sports just become difficult in murky waters, but even more so, rescue missions become more difficult. And if there's a bunch of debris and you're swimming underwater, stands to reason, you're like, oh, I'm gonna explore this building that's down here or or accidentally get caught on something that's down here. Bada boom. I don't wanna swim in like any lake anymore because of the very little I've heard of this so far. I didn't want to swim in a lake ever since summer camp one time, and I jumped off the pier. That was where we did all of our diving and swimming competitions. Yeah. You got the diving board, goes out to this lake. You're like, huzzah. And then, well, first of all, the ticklings of the, the seaweed down there didn't like yeah. it. Yeah. But then I when like I looked feeling. up and I'm like, and I, I come up out of the water mm-hmm. like like a model, right? Very Slow motion. right now. Yeah. Sun like glistening off of me. Like a merman. And I... And I Spit some water yeah. out of my mouth yeah. in slow mo, like all sexy, like. Right. And then I then I look over, still in slow motion, my long locks flowing Everything over else my shoulders. Motion, just you in slow mm-hmm, motion. Mm-hmm. My my rippling shoulders, and then I look over. I'm 12, and I look this over. Your boy shoulders. Yeah, my boy shoulder. I look over and I see one of the counselors just like with a squeegee, just 
shoveling all what? the goose shit off the deck no. into the water. And I'm like, I don't want to swim here anymore. Shoveling all this poo in yeah, here. Yeah, and then you look at yourself, you have goose shit all over you. Wow. And you're like, oh. Ugh. So yeah, anyway, I don't, th- for those reasons, I'm out. I don't yeah. like swimming in large bodies of water. There's something. I'll, I'll chill, in a, chill in a bathtub, which yeah. I'm sure it has its own issues, but whatever. This is not goosh in my bathtub. Right, right. It's just your own my human own. stew. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You just boil me up, eat me. <laughs> You're just like marinating like a bag of tea. Yeah. Piping hot. Ready to drink. You want some you want some mystery boy water? Fresh and ready. <laughs> that now that's ghost water. Because that that's gonna make me see my spirit. Um But let's let's come back to this. We've been doing this. All right. So it's estimated that 10 to 20 people die at Lake Lanier every year, which is a pretty high average. And in 2017, there was a study conducted by the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, which concluded that Lake Lanier, while only 7% more popular than the second, so it's the, the most popular lake to, to visit in Georgia, it's 7% more popular than the second most popular lake. But despite that, it's twice as deadly. Ooh. So 7% more popular, 100% more deadly. It's not a good trade-off. Unless, mm-hmm. unless there's 20 people that have already died that year. Because if it's usually the average is 17 to like 20 or uh-huh. something like that. I mean, if 20 have passed away, what are the odds? Right? 21, 22. Probably safe. So you're saying once they hit the average for that year, yeah. you're, you're guaranteed I'm safety. I'm sure that statistically it drastically right. I've never heard a mathematician that lied. Yeah. Right, hey, math doesn't lie. It's math like, doesn't lie. Dealt in absolutes and exactly. averages, and they're written by some real buff people. Yeah, buff maticians. So, so here's the thing, and I want to talk a little bit more about these stats. So Lake Lanier is the one we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Lake Alatuna is the second most popular lake. So from the years 2005 to 2015, a lot of statistics were averaged out, and Lake Lanier experienced about 90 deaths in that 10-year period, ending once again in 2015 while Lake Alatuna saw about 45 during that same time frame. Jesus. Literally twice as much. Lake Lanier has on average 1.2 deaths per million visitors, while Lake Alatuna has 0.64 deaths per million visitors. Once again, almost exactly twice. Lanier welcomes about 7.5 million visitors per year, while Alatuna sees about 7 million people per year. So it's, it's interesting that this one seems so much more lethal given that it has only right. just it's only barely edged out on popularity right i mean it could be anything that the water is terrible there's they got graves in there exactly that's all bad there i mean like just the history alone as far as the construction is concerned yeah. shows that there's a lot of i don't know cut corners mm-hmm. a lot of dangers left within the waters but there's also a storied and dark history that play into the supernatural elements of this location. Uh, but Kat, is Lake Alatuna also a reservoir or is that one a natural lake? I'd be really curious about that too. Yes, Lake Alatuna is a reservoir also constructed by the US Army Corps of Engineers. Okay, so this is apples to apples. Mm, I was gonna throw away my suspicions no and be like, it's, this it's nature versus nurture, baby. Yeah, it's no, no, not. no, no, no. They're going around building these cheap dead lakes. Right, right. They're scooping people out of there and being like, give me your fertile land. We don't need food, we need water. We need dead water. Yeah, dead water. What stops someone from just putting like, you know, it's a two for one. If we put more water here and it kills people, we need less food. Evil. That's evil. But you got to say that there's something there. Uh, what's up? Someone from just like putting piranhas in the lake. Nothing. Oh, okay. Laws. 
Yeah. The promise of holding upholding laws, right? I mean, yeah. if it's an invasive space, here's the thing. You could probably put in a bunch of piranha and the Maybe. water might not be right, might conducive right. to their living conditions. It, it also could be toxic, right? Or, or True. Who knows? It might just die right away and you have a yeah. bunch of piranhas just floating. This might be a bit of a tease, but like this just reminded me of one of the theories that is kind of a revisit from what a the, couple weeks ago. What the hell? That I'm really excited to okay. dive back All into. Right. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. Because it. it shook you to your core. And I've, okay, we'll get into it. But anyway. I swear Squonk is in there. Oh, yeah. No, it's not Squonk. So, okay. So let's talk about Oscarville. There's a history of Oscarville I want to talk about. And then there's a dark history, again, that I keep alluding to that I want to dabble with because I, I want to, you know, because I don't want to like skirt over some facts here. But trigger warning for the darker history of Oscarville. Anyway, Lake Lanier resides partially in Forsyth County, Georgia. And up until the 1830s, the land was owned by the Cherokee Nation. Around that time, the U.S. government forced out the indigenous community, and it would become one of the southeasternmost origins of the Trail of Tears. This is kind of where the darker history of Ooh, Oscarville begins. Okay. Over the next 80 years, the land became known as Oscarville, Georgia, and was subsequently re-inhabited by a thriving African-American community of about 1,100 people. And things only get darker from here. But suffice to say, and, I, and I'll keep it brief because it it we could go on a very long, dark tangent. So throughout this time, again, starting in 1912 is when it really seemed to all kick off. There's a lot of racial tensions. There's a lot of ideological groups of problematic background. There's sexual assault happening during this time period. There's a lot of jumping to conclusions with potentially wrongful yeah. punishments being initiated. Uh, there's there's hangings going on and, and all sorts of things in between these. All the bad uh, stuff. That right. People of color there's an angry militia in play. Again, there's a lot happening yeah. in this area. And many believe that it's this horrific, tragic past of Oscarville that contributes to the series of tragedies that continue to occur on the lake's waters today. That's just giving you some of the background yeah. for, for kind of bad energy. Some bad energy happening on this land. Again, not only just from kicking people off the land, but literally what people have done to themselves and each other on, the, on this property. Yeah. So let's start talking about some of the mysterious deaths that occurred at this lake. We'll go through a handful of some of the key stories that have a lot of the most intrigue, a lot of the most detail. But again, there's a lot of other things happening between these ones. So let's talk about the Lady of the Lake. This could either be one of two people, Susie Roberts and or Delia Parker Young. So let's talk about them. In 1958, Susie Roberts and Delia Parker Young crashed into Lake Lanier after losing control of their car on the Dawsonville Highway Bridge. They were last seen at a gas station nearby where they had left without paying. Some bad energy there. Skid marks were seen on the bridge indicating that the car had slid across the center line and into the water. Delia Parker Young's body wouldn't be found for another 18 months. Jesus. You think that's a long time? Well, I'll get into the details of how her or what her body was like, but it wasn't for another 32 years. What? Until the car was found at the bottom of the lake in 1990. And in that car, once it was excavated and the mud was removed and cleaned up a little bit, it was Susie Roberts' remains that were located inside the vehicle. How did it go so long without finding the vehicle? It's just the, just the visibility I'm, of the lake, yeah, the I guess depth the of it. Visibility is terrible. And so even if you send. You would divers, think, let's just go down right here, yeah. you know, where the skid marks are. But yeah, it took a long time. But. What's interesting, and before I continue, is coming back to Ms. Young's body here. It was reported that her body was missing both of her hands 
and two toes on her left foot. Now, it's up for debate on whether these appendages were removed prior to the crash, during the crash, or in decomposition somewhere in that 18-month window. Or, again, if maybe, like you said, piranhas, but maybe some other sea creatures or or lake Yeah, within 18 months, would your flesh really, like, become that fragile where pieces of your body... Underwater? Probably. Yeah, I think if it was possible, it'd be because it's underwater. Yeah. Like, normally that wouldn't happen. But then, like, why not anything else? Just two toes and then specifically the hands. It's interesting. Maybe there's some science behind it. I'm not buff enough to understand it. (laughs) So yeah, 32 years later, Susie Roberts' remains were found. Specifically, they found her skull and other bones that were still located in the front seat of the car, which is why they believe it was Susie Roberts. There are conflicting reports based on eyewitnesses of this ghost, the lady in the lake, on which person the ghost represents. If it represents Susie Roberts or if it represents Delia Parker Young. But regardless... There's always one detail that is certain with regards to the Lady of the Lake and that the lady is always seen floating in a blue dress. And we actually have a photo uh, of of the remnants of the car. Damn. Not not a lady floating in the water. Yeah, that's a car that's been in there for a hot minute. Damn, dude, you're swimming with all this stuff. No, man, I'm not going to dive into any lake anymore. This show has ruined me. What? Like, could be anything down there. Yeah. You know what's crazy is... um, where I grew up, I you know I grew up in uh, Indianapolis, and near there, there's a reservoir that a friend of mine lived near, and so whenever we visited, that was a place to go, and it's called Geist, which is I think German for ghost. Either way, it means ghost. Oh no! And we always grew up from him telling stories about how there used to be a town in that reservoir. So now I've got to know like my own mystery here, a, tr- a real one. Yeah. Why are we? Burying towns with reservoirs. We, don't we have plenty of land going around? Well, that's <laughs> like, what I'm saying. Like, like I guess you need the power stuff, but that I don't know. Especially yeah, because it just seems like everyone just kind of half-assing it. Right. This just seems like it hits close to home, and maybe it's that they're like, it's going to cost too much money to refurbish this right. town. Let's just swamp it and start over. Yeah, that's usually how it goes. The easier, know. more cost-effective route. Yeah. Well, let's talk about another story. So we have. This one's much more modern. This is Kelly Nash. He's a 25-year-old who disappeared from his home in Buford, Georgia on January 5th, 2015. So Nash had woken up in the early hours of the morning coughing and wheezing, and he told his girlfriend, Jessica Sexton, that he believed he had the flu. So she went back to bed after hearing that he had the flu. He's like, I'm getting up early. I'm going to go do my thing. I think I have the flu. And she goes, aces, goes back to sleep. Yeah, That's not what she said. But... She woke up at 7.30, and by that time, he had left. But what's weird is that he left without his ID, his wallet, or his keys. Oh. The only thing missing from his home was a 9mm handgun with a single magazine. Mm -hmm. His body would not be discovered until over a month later on February 8th. A fisherman found him badly decomposed in Lake Lanier, which is why this is part of the, the lake story. Autopsy revealed that Nash died from a gunshot wound and subsequently drowned. So it sounds like he got shot and then ended up in the lake and passed away that way. However, his death was never ruled as a suicide and there was never a suspect in custody. So it's interesting that he disappeared with a weapon. So it stands to reason that there might have been ideas of, you know, trigger warning, like self-harm in play. Right. But 
I don't know. I don't know the conditions of the body. I'm not an expert in this field, so you almost have to take it on faith that whoever did the autopsy, hopefully a, a month of being waterlogged wouldn't impact this, but if they're not Probably ruling it as either. a suicide, and yeah, they're saying... I'm saying what, like, it's, it's just, why wouldn't they rule it as a suicide? You know right. I mean? It just seems like it would be. There was discussion about how the cause of death was drowning. Right. So whether he was shot or shot himself... He ended up in the lake. Do you end up in the lake? I feel like if you were to go, say this was self-harm, uh-huh. why make it that much more painful? Right? I don't know. Like you experience being shot and then also drowning as opposed to just ending it. Right. It raises a lot of questions. Yeah. But even more so, I want to come back to the idea that he wakes up ill, wakes up his girlfriend to say, hey, I'm ill or whatever. Was it his plan to go to this lake that day, Kat? Or was it like, was he, was there any reason why he was up that early to leave? No. So that was kind of the whole mystery behind it is that um, he, there's no explanation as to why he ended up in the lake. And to my knowledge, there was also no reason for him to be up that early as it is. It just seems like, odd all it was around. Un- yeah, yeah, it was unusual for him to be gone after waking up and saying that he had the flu. Yeah. I don't know. It's a it's a tricky one. Did he live near the lake? So Buford, Georgia is, is relatively close. Yeah. To me, to me, it just seems like there's so many bad things. I'm sure everyone even remotely close to this lake mm-hmm. has heard stories about just like all the terrible things that have happened at the lake. So I feel like at that point, you kind of attract more terrible things. To right. The location. You start looking for them or you start noticing them more. You start looking for them. You start noticing them. Yeah. Um, if you do plan to write, uh, commit suicide, you might think of the lake because bad things happen there. Or if you decide to want to, I don't know, commit murder, dump the body, be at a lake. You already heard stories about bad things happening there. And then also how it's hard to recover bodies, etc. Mm-hmm. It just seems like, I don't know. You know about it being bad, so it just kind of attracts bad. Right. It becomes a hot spot for mm-hmm. ne'er-do-wells, perhaps. Which is an interesting thought going into this next case, because it's similar. Similar true crime in nature. Well, hello there, Task Force. As always, this is my opportunity to peel back the red web curtain and speak directly to your eardrums. Now, before uh, we dive into it, I want to talk about a few friends of mine who also started off a podcast. I know this is where I talk about ads and whatnot, but truly, this isn't an ad. These are just good friends of mine that started a podcast I think you genuinely will like. It's called Ship Hits the Fan. If you like maritime disasters and shipwrecks and, you know, we've we've scratched the surface on those kind of things. And so I know a couple of you out there really like this stuff. If you like that, Ship Hits the Fan features Charlotte McGrath, Patrick Brown uh, from Funhouse, and they also have Brian Gar from Rooster Teeth, and they talk all about it. They're not nautical experts, much like we aren't uh, sophisticated journalists, but they do go into detail about the mystery at hand, what went down in that disaster, and they have a good time while doing it. They're very funny people, and uh, I think you should give the podcast a listen. It's anywhere that you get your podcasts, and it's pretty much a sister podcast to Red Web, so please check it out. Let them know we sent you because, again, they're great friends of ours and I think you will genuinely like it. 
That said, there's also uh, some Red Web news I'm very excited to talk about. This one kind of snuck under the radar. I had no idea about this coming, so we haven't been able to talk to you about it yet, much like the pins and the hoodies and everything else we do. But they, <laughs> the designers uh, of our merch team liked the slanging and banging joke that Fredo lays down so much. They actually made a really cool design that... <laughs> That features uh, a, a just a nice buff scientist lifting really heavy beakers, and it looks, uh, it's modest, it looks like a normal design, like a gym shirt, kind of, and it says underneath it something along the lines of, like, physique through chemistry. It's amazing, and the design is very, very cool, and so that is up in store.roosterteeth.com right now. If you want to support the show, that's one of the fantastic ways to do it. Uh, I believe there's also a decal, so if you are a buff scientist out there, you can slap that on your back window and let the world know that you got those rippling biceps and a rippling brain. You know what I mean? Beyond that, if you want to support the show, there's a very free way to do that, and I can't thank you all enough for doing this. It's reviewing the show. We read through the reviews periodically to make sure that we're on the right track and making sure that, you know, as we develop this show and as it continues to unfold, that uh, we're still making something that you enjoy listening to. In fact, I just found out the other day that we are, and I'll tell Fredo this again later in another episode, but we are the the top rated podcast in all of Rooster Teeth in, in terms of not only score, average score, but in the volume of reviews. I think we are only second to one other podcast, but yeah, you can, you can review us on Spotify or Apple or wherever. It is just a free way to give us a little thumbs up. And it also kind of gives us a boost in the algorithm. So that way the task force can grow. You got more people to talk about mysteries with, and it also enables us to do more cool things like we did for our Halloween special. We've got, um, I, I, I don't know if I could tease it yet, but we have some ideas that we want to build out Red Web with. And the more support this show gets, the easier making those pitches and developing those productions becomes. So again, I just want to say this in this moment. I, I really appreciate you. Thank you for listening to these little sidebars, these little tangents that I get to update you all on. But with that said, I have some fantastic sponsors that I want to talk to you about. This episode of Red Web is sponsored by HelloFresh. You know HelloFresh by now, but... If you don't, they send you fresh, pre-proportioned ingredients right to your home. It even comes with an easy-to-follow recipe, and right now, they've got a limited-time recipe that you can get into. With twists on cozy international classics like beef tenderloin and cheese fondue, or miso sesame shrimp, they got bacon ramen, they have so many new international classics that I just love that you can get into. By the way, hey, this is outside the ad read. You get to keep those recipes, make yourself feel like a chef. But anyway, if none of those recipes are your speed, HelloFresh even has a series of fit and wholesome meals that are both nutritious and satisfying with low calorie and carb conscious options. I use HelloFresh periodically to make my food making easy. Like they say, it comes right to your door. It's fresh. It makes you feel like you know what you're doing in the kitchen. It teaches you some skills along the way because you follow that recipe. It's got the pictures. It's not a headache by any means. And next thing you know, in a very limited amount of time, you got yourself a tasty meal. So go to HelloFresh.com slash RedWeb16. That's the number 16, by the way. And then use code RedWeb16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Again, that's up to 16 free meals and three free gifts at HelloFresh.com slash RedWeb16 using code RedWeb16. This episode of RedWeb is also sponsored by Upstart. For many people, getting your financial life in order means getting out of credit card debt. But where do you start when it feels like a never-ending interest cycle? 
Upstart can help you pay off your existing debt quickly and easily with a personal loan so you can start living your life. Upstart's model considers other factors beyond your credit score, such as your income, employment, and other information, to help you find a smarter rate for your loan. Check your rate in as little as five minutes for loans from $1,000 to $50,000. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com redweb. Again, that's upstart.com slash redweb. Don't forget to use our URL. Let them know we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. So again, go to upstart.com slash redweb. And from me to you, I want to say finances are important, so always do your research and do your due diligence when you uh, are handling your finances. I am so very excited about this next sponsor because I know if you're listening right now that you love podcasts. And so I need to tell you that there is a podcast festival at RTX Austin this year. Podcasts of all calibers and sizes and types, including ours, will be going to Austin, Texas on July 1st through 3rd to do live recordings with their shows. And you could be there. We're going to have a Red Web panel. It's going to be phenomenal. I don't know if we're going to do an episode live or hang out with you guys. I don't know. Uh, We definitely want to do a meeting of the minds as we always do at RTX. But hey, RTX Austin takes the best in podcasting and gaming and animation, and it brings it all to Austin, Texas for one unforgettable weekend. Step into the exhibit hall and be transported into a another world filled with cosplayers, live gaming, indie artists, and very, very much more. I've been to this since 2013 as a fan and now as an employee. I literally can't understate this enough. I'm so excited, genuinely, now to be a part of this thing. So please, if you're interested, please show up and come out. Uh, Of course, health and safety is our number one priority. Masks will be required during the event, and we will follow city guidelines as they stand at the time. And if you're unable to attend due to COVID, we will work with you to postpone your badge for the following year, or you can request a refund. We want to make sure this is nice and simple for you because we know there's a lot of complexities in the world. So head over to bit.ly slash RTX Austin 22. Just in case, I think it's all caps, by the way, when you put that URL in. Again, bit.ly slash RTX Austin 22 and grab your badge for RTX Austin and get ready for a weekend filled with the best of podcasting, gaming, and animation. And uh, man, I, I'm looking forward to it. It's July 1st through 3rd. You will see me there. You will see Alfredo there. Christian, Jillian, we're all going to be there and I can't wait for it. So hopefully we'll see you there. And with that said, let's take a deep old dive back into that spooky lake. So this is the case of, um, or the story behind 16-year-old Hannah Truelove from Gainesville, Georgia. She went missing from her apartment complex near Lake Lanier on August 24th of 2012. Her body was found lakeside the following day. So this time it's not after a long swath of time. And she had suffered multiple stab wounds. However, it's unclear looking back on if those stab wounds themselves were lethal. Or if they were less life-threatening, you know what I mean? Right. Superficial. They weren't the word, like yeah. fatal. Stab right, right. Wounds, per se, stab wounds just seem lethal overall. Right. Well, depend. Yeah. So maybe, maybe they were just they were, I guess, residing in apartments nearby. I would assume that maybe they were going for a stroll and there was a robbery of some sort. Possible. That's just off of what you've told me so far. Yeah, but I mean, like, that's an interesting gut check because in the days prior to her disappearance, you know. She's got a Twitter, so she's tweeting, giving her thoughts out there. And she had tweeted about fearing that she had a stalker around her apartment complex. 
which to me stands out immediately as um okay there's don't, a mysterious suspect here don't go outside by yeah. yourself yeah or you know report that stuff try to get a, a cop tailing you to help look after you see if you can find anything but i mean her father stated though that her behavior didn't seem abnormal in the days leading up to her disappearance and her death and authorities were never able to gain any leads and her death remains unsolved now this is interesting because it kind of brings me back to what your thought is where maybe this is just a hot spot for ne'er-do-wells right we have some supernatural stories but we also have more true crime leaning stories which means like maybe if people catch wind that oh this is just where you know if you commit a crime you dump the bodies yeah and and it never gets traced back to people so maybe that's where people go the hot spot right maybe i mean less people's maybe maybe when a criminal is looking for where do they do their crimes and they're googling they're looking at the number one top result so so right. maybe that's why you know we talked about how this is twice as deadly but only a little bit more popular if it's the top hit you know and everyone has it their name in, in its mouth in their mouth like they're like that's where i'm gonna so do my crimes in this hypothetical world there's like an evil google there's an evil google and you say okay google where do i do it or where do I do the crimes? Or what I've learned from the hit Netflix show, Us. No, you. We. You. Uh-huh. As, oh, I haven't uh, seen that. You told me. I gotta watch that. Uh, you remember, Bob, you look for some new uh, new uh, land that's being built, new houses and stuff like that. Throw the body in the concrete. Oh, what was that? Where it's that show he's a stalker, in Maine. But he's, a, but he's also a lover. What's that show in Maine that's based on Stephen King's place? It's like Black Rock. Is that what it's called? Castle, Castle Rock. Rock. Yeah. yeah. That happened in Castle Rock. They were, they were building a mall out there. Yep. You throw it in the... Somebody threw the, a body into in the, the concrete as it was yeah. setting. Yep. Ooh. Well, basically... Creepy. I don't show up on evil Google. You don't want to show up on evil, evil Google. Said that would show up. Is, is it just Google with like a little mustache? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's interesting though. I think, I think that that theory, that idea addresses the fact that the statistics are skewed, right? Because if you look at the number one hotspot, right? It means that it's the name that everyone's talking about. It's the, that's the destination. Yep. It's 45 minutes from a major city, which have a lot of people. And so they might be like, that's where I'm going to do my, my ne'er-do-well stuff. You know, I'm going to I'm going to hit up Evil Google. Evil Google. Check off my my to-do mm -hmm. list. Sign into Evil Gmail. It's email. Oh, crap. Evil mail. <laughs> that didn't work. <laughs> anyway, at email.com. Um, but I mean truly though, that could be why the statistics are skewed, oh, you know. Oh, 1000%. Like, I mean, honestly, like uh, I'm sure you're going to do some bad stuff. It's a lot of times people are just trying to research information. Boom, probably on a list somewhere. I also damn, know, I'm probably on a list just for saying this stuff. Yeah, well, yeah, you um, are. Just because of this damn show. But yeah, I would think that people would put a little thought behind it and then this would pop up as a location yeah. of, uh, you know, of interest. So I had another curiosity just based on that. And so I looked up Lake Alatuna and Lake Lanier as the two popular destinations. They're about equidistant. In fact, Lake Lanier is a little bit further away because it's so much longer the size is dramatically different. I'm talking like the surface area with which these two re reservoirs cover mm -hmm. is dramatically different. And I'll show you. I'll show you here. If you look at those two reservoirs and you're like, I need to hide a body, you're going to pick one you're over the other. Pick the bigger one. Right. There's much more going on. There's probably much more remote spots. Anyway, that's just my own as we kind of 
dig into this mystery, my yeah, own ongoing I mean, that theories. It's just significantly larger. Yeah. But that does not address the more historic stories, such as the Lady of the Lake, right? And the supernatural entities that have been arising around this place. So let's talk about some of the theories behind some of this, because I think these last two cases, in my mind, stand like I feel like there's just missing data, but that one is a, a murder case and the other one is a murder or self-harm case, you know? Yes. But it's this first one that has me the most intrigued as to what's behind this. Like, why did their car suddenly veer off the road? Is this a supernatural hotspot beyond this story? And what's causing all the other disappearances at large, right? Because again, this is just three stories. And there's a drop in the big old lake. Oh, yeah. It's full of stories. So the first theory kind of discusses the ghosts behind the unmarked graves. Because, I mean, we've seen poltergeists, and I'm not going to take it lightly. When you move a grave, there's something kind of sacrilegious about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's something almost offensive about that. Mm -hmm. uh, especially since there's a lot of religious ceremony that can go into burying someone. Right. And so to just, in the nature that this town was kind of wiped clean, moved and flooded, it seems very just pure raw business. Yeah. Lacking the human element. You're dead, chilling. Yeah. And so there's a lot of... Yeah. And so like like you said, there's a lot of bad energy here. And if there are unmarked graves, that's even worse, right? They're just left yeah. there to their own devices. And so some people believe that the ghosts behind these unmarked graves were left Angry behind to haunt the waters. Right. That makes sense. Like you, you kind of, you're buried, you put the rest mm -hmm. and all of a sudden people come in and start digging you up and stuff, stuff like that, or maybe not giving you a proper reburial. And so you go from a sleeping ghost to... <laughs> And then you wake up angry because it moved you. Whoa. Or didn't move you. Whoa. Or now that you're in a lake. You I go, felt like ah, I was there. Oh, ah, the history. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. how angry Alfredo Ghost would wake up. Dang. I'd be chilling. In the, ah, ah. Oh, I can taste this water so aggressive. What is that? <laughs> is this alkaline? <laughs> What's the pH on this? Mm. Oh, that's ghost water. Ew. But that's the thing, man. Like, and that's where I, I want to kind of really lean into the supernatural part of this because. I know you and I are of varying belief. I think we're both mostly open-minded, though, and it all depends on the particular story, the goings-on of each case with how much you and I believe in the supernatural. And in yeah. this particular moment, I think I'm a little bit more pragmatic. I'm a little bit more it was humans did it, but uh, just given, given the nature of some of these stories. However, it is definitely interesting to me, and my mind is intrigued by the idea that maybe some of these spirits kind of a hand on the wheel for lack of a better word, right? Not literally shifting this car off the road, but it's literally little... shifting the car off this road. I mean, like, right. are, are these spirits kind of impacting people's energy when they're around this lake to kind of give them bad vibes? Or are they fully being possessed for a moment where they lose sight of what they're doing and they go off and yeah, commit some sort of criminal activity? Lady. Who knows? But there was a diver who explored Lake Lanier in 2017, Buck Buchanan, and I'm going to quote him here. He says, you reach out into the dark and feel an arm or a leg that doesn't move. That's creepy. Basically indicating this, this lake is pretty mysterious, pretty dark in nature. Wait, so he just dove down and then just started feeling limbs and stuff? Well, what's the story behind that? Did he actually find somebody in that way? I don't think he found anybody. He was just basically saying, yeah, that when he dove, you just... You know, you have a ghost touch, for lack of a better word, and you feel it. Right. And you feel these like limbs, and you kind of can feel people like mm -hmm. tugging on you, and there's nothing oh, there. Yeah. God, so, so you need to 
It's easy to. Here's the thing. It's easy to conflate the two. Ghosts in the bottom. Ah, right. Well, it's easy to conflate it because on one hand you're like, oh, like the bodies that are being found. Right. On the other hand, it's like there's so few stories of people experiencing ghosts under a body of water. It's always I went to this abandoned this or that, and I witnessed a ghost. This guy's diving in these very murky waters, and he's like. I feel a presence sometimes touch me. Ton of bodies down there. I mean, something could be touching them. I don't want no. <laughs> I'm good. You can't see anything. You're just going in blind. Yeah. So not only are you like going in blind, like we went to um what a hospital was that? Oh, I always forget. Uh Yorktown. Yorktown. Yorktown yeah. Memorial Hospital. I mean, we have flashlights. Even if you turn the flashlights off, it was dark as hell. We couldn't see anything. Mm-hmm. Imagine it being dark as hell, you can't see anything, and you're underwater. <laughs> like, and then something touches I'm, you. I'm Ooh. good. No, right. no, no, no. So to kind of, again, this is a little bit more of a general answer, but coming back to the idea of ghosts, many of the stories that we didn't cover are simply people drowning, unfortunately, right? And there's a lot of pe- ways people can do that. Even a talented sw- swimmer can, can drown. But but when it becomes a high population density, relatively, of deaths per capita in this lake, people start to wonder, is it not other yep. forces? For example... Are these angry ghosts that have been done wrong, are they pulling people under as a kind of revenge? You're like, you're kind of having a vacation spot where our town was. Yep, where, where was we buried were buried and resting. Exactly. Or where atrocities have happened, right? To talk about the early 1900s, late 1800s. Like, yeah. A lot, a lot has happened on this plot of land. So it stands to reason that... Restless spirits. 100%. So in that way, my mind's kind of like, I don't know. I mean, the minute you, the minute you said people got moved away from here mm-hmm. and that there were a ton of um, cemeteries, I was like, oh, there's this this whole mystery is going to be attached to some kind of right. form of ghost story in some way, shape, or form. Right. So these stories that I outline kind of send my mind one way, but then when I start to explore just like the thought experiment of the supernatural events going on here, I start to go, well, hold on now. Wait a minute. I don't know. But yeah, that that is kind of the unmarked graves and the spirits theory behind a lot of these uh, unfortunate deaths. The next one, catfish. Is it? This is it. Wait. We're back. Catfish is back on the menu. No. I'm talking about monster catfish. Oh, absolutely. Wait, I that's am. actually written down. Absolutely, Let me see it is. That paper. Local fishermen, to hold point on. Point out to me. Local fishermen have reported seeing five to seven foot long catfish. It's catfish in, in the this damn theories. Lake. Yeah. Dash catfish. Mm-hmm. Five to seven foot catfish, Fredo. If I've they if get you, honking. If you were to take anything from this podcast yeah. and how many episodes we shot so mm-hmm. far, is that catfish are dangerous. Now, now he's sounding like the mad one. I'm not mad. That's I'm you. mad for talking about owls. No, Listen, no, no. The no. more I hear about owls, the more I'm like, okay. You're talking about owls and conspiracy. California uses owls about- to guard their vineyards. Why? Because they're better than poison. They're evil. Anyways, come back to catfish. Come on, go for uh, it. No, but I'm just saying, like, the, the catfish actually go out there and start eating people. I didn't realize they get yeah. that big. Yeah. They get huge. I sent you a clip. I will never be. I sent him a clip between as, this episode and the last episode we talked about catfish, where a, a, a man, a giant, what was the clip? I'm going to pull it up. Did you, did you watch it or did, were you too fearful? No, of course like, I watched it. This was, okay, this was on, if anyone wants to look this up, it was on Reddit. Is on the WTF subreddit by celebrate drobber underscore zero one made it to the front page, and this man is fishing like ten feet away from himself. He's he's at one of those holes that one would noodle at, right? Yep. You shove your arm in the Just hole, noodling. and the catfish comes out. He throws the bait right at that hole, starts reeling it in, and from the hole at the Look. edge of the river, 
this giant eel-looking nasty catfish Dude, comes ripping it's out. It's huge. And the, they move so fast. Like, you can imagine the swallow you hold. I'm, go, I'm never going to dive into a lake now without, like, a pocket knife. I will cut my way out of a catfish. You're going to drax your way out of them? Yes. Would you voluntarily allow yourself to be consumed by one? If you, if, if I, I gave you a pocket knife and everything you requested, could if, you both if, if I had like your a, way out of that? If thing? I had like a medical team, uh huh, right? That was like, like we give it a minute or two, give it a he, minute. He's not out of there. Mm -hmm. Cut him out of the fish, right? Yeah. Then hell yeah, hell yeah, throw me in that. I'll go in there one leg at a time. One leg, dude. This thing's sucking does, you in does, whole. Does it like cut me up as I'm going in? I don't no, know. No, I think fish I think swallow, you, swallow you whole. Yeah. yeah, and then what would happen is you'd probably suffocate. Hold my, I, I go, and then I dive right in. <laughs> this man's like, all right, let me, I can just imagine you noodling. You got your arm in the water. You're like, all right, I'm going to get this tiny little catfish out. Shunk, and you just like your whole body gets well, sucked under the surface. No, what's going to happen surface. is I'm going to put my hand in, and yeah. then he's going to jump up, and I'm going to go, surprise, that's what I wanted. And then I dive <laughs> into him. He, he's like, call an ambulance, but not for, for me. Not for me. And then he gets sucked inside the catfish. Someone get like, ready to. What did he yeah. say? <laughs> ah, my inside. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like someone get ready to cut some fish and grill it. We're eating good tonight. What's yeah? What's your catchphrase? Is that what it is when you rip out of that thing? You're like, yeah. Anyone want a Chick Fil A? Wait, that's a, a fish fillet. What is it? It's, McDonald's fish fillet. It's just gonna be a Mick fillet. It's gonna be meow. Cop, 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 cop. <laughs> that couldn't have been worse. A worse catchphrase. He, he, uh, he rips out of this catfish, and his cat his catchphrase is. Yeah. He's like, wow, he became the catfish when he came out. Oh man. All right. Well, let's come back to so, come so back to reality here. Come back to reality, but still with the catfish. So local fishermen have reported seeing five to seven foot long catfish at the lake. Some have said that the catfish are known to swallow dogs and get close to, no. to the Yeah, and they get close to the water's edge where they could potentially attack swimmers and divers. In fact, some people have said that, dude, that they have attacked the, fishers and divers. What the yeah. hell? I've never known that catfish were deadly. Mm. Why are we not talking about, why is the media not warning us about I, catfish? That's what I'm saying. That's the conspiracy. Me? I would just go and swim in lakes and you're telling me that could have potentially had these deadly catfish yeah, that could have swallowed baby Fredo whole? Are you kidding me? That's the thing. The conspiracy isn't catfish could eat people. The conspiracy is, why aren't we talking about catfish That's eating people? That's what I'm people? saying. They're dangerous. 26 or some odd out of the seven, 700 so odd uh, deaths. What are the numbers? Let me find that. Hold on. Let me get what, my files. What are, what are the catfish deaths? You can hear him rustling through his papers. 27 bodies haven't been found. That's 27 catfish heads that yeah. I demand on my yeah. desk by tomorrow morning. Yeah. Those are people that have been eaten, digested by catfish. It's true. Possible. But yeah, I mean, like they, they said... That some people have been attacked by them. One story describes a truck carrying live chickens that swerved off the Thompson Bridge in the 1980s. Divers were sent to examine the wreckage and they found catfish, quote, the size of 12-year-old boys, me at camp, yeah, in a feeding frenzy, swallowing what? chickens whole. Now, these are chickens. What? But still, but, imagine if that was a dog or mm -hmm. a little, a little baby. I mean, here's the thing, too. It doesn't have to swallow the person whole. It just has to get enough of them to be like, I can eat this. I'm confident I can put them down. They're chewing on their feet. Yeah. They're chewing on their head or whatever. Drag them down under. And um, 
the rest is history, right? Whether they get them down or not, they are pulled under. They lose their air. I mean, how, I mean, there's got to be like a professional, right? That kills these catfish. I'm sure. Aquaman. That, oh, you got to pull in the top brass. Yeah, call Aquaman. Get him on the line. The I reason mean, why I'm, I say I'm Aquaman just assuming is there's just someone. There's got to be like a catfish wrangler or something like that. I'm not saying that he just stands next to the lake, right? And then this, like as soon as he show, sees dude. one, he goes ha ha. And then dives into <laughs> right. it. He's but, like, he's shirtless. He's got right. camel pants on. He's licking the back of the knife, going. He's like, eh, yeah. and then the, he's like, I can, I can, I can feel it. And he's Here's like, a fake chicken. I don't understand his methods, but damn, does he get results? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, ah! he yeah. dives off the bridge. You're like, where? He's go, he's been under for 15 minutes, and then he comes up two miles away. Yeah. yeah, he comes up wrestling a catfish. Now here's the thing. I say Aquaman mostly because okay. the last line. To the to okay, the outlines okay. of the note here. Tell me. Others have reported giant catfish towing their boats around the lake. I'm just picturing Aquaman up up on two catfish riding them around the lake. Now I don't know, Cat. Let me ask you more seriously. Are these giant fish commandeering these vessels by grabbing them or grabbing their anchors or something? Yeah, from what I read and what I picture is like yeah, what you would use to kind of like tie your boat to uh-huh. a dock or something that these catfishers like jaws they just grab and hold and towing them grabbed on and started pulling these fish are a menace blowing my damn mind this is a whole tv show this is, this is a whole tv show going around the world exploring what? giant catfish and what they're getting up to somebody's been releasing well, these i just i'm hulked out of their mind catfish steroided up 32 years young buff as hell and had had no idea that these catfish were a thing. I had no idea you were a scientist. I had no idea I was buff. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that's is a thing. I I didn't oh, listen when I started this podcast wild. with it you. Makes sense. I it, didn't realize that we'd be go so going so hard on catfish. Sense. Let's but yeah, but that's catfish. Let's talk about the next most popular theory and the last one that we're going to discuss for for today. And this is arguably the most common cause of some of the drownings and rescues are boating accidents here at Lake Lanier. According to the Georgia Department of Natural Resources in 1999 alone, there were 72 boating incidents resulting in 52 injuries and eight fatalities in one year. So, I mean, we're cherry picking this year, I think, but I mean, it stands to reason that if once dangerous, probably always dangerous, we're not going through and taking down some of the debris that's underneath the lake. And when the water levels come up and down, uh, it's entirely possible that you run aground of some of these structures that were once there and they're concrete and brick and whatnot. So quite sturdy. Oh, so you're talking about actual like the people driving their boats around get messed up. Yeah. That, oh, a, lot of, that a lot of the re- yeah, these, that these wild. are just boat accidents. Oh, damn. I thought people were getting hit by boats and it was like could be that too. Bad. I mean, accidents featuring boats. Oh, wow. It's uh, I think what it is, is it's an amalgamation of these theories. You know, there's, yeah. it's a it's a popular spot with a giant lake that's far removed that's kind of acting as a beacon for ne'er-do-wells, right, and criminal behavior. There is a markedly dark past that is not helping the supernatural energies of this place. So it's already got a bad footing in the spiritual realm. this place realm. still exists. And yeah, this lake is still there. And then you also have the natural excuse of the giant catfish that have factually been seen floating around pestering people. This I, I think this, it's just has everything an amalgamation terrible. of terrible things. It's yeah. just, it has ghosts and 
uh, crime, mm-hmm. and catfish. And catfish. Everything in between, baby. But yeah, like I said, a lot of the, the debris in this lake have obstructed boat paths, uh, have caused boats to wreck without seeing them coming because of the murkiness of the water. And in previous years, the water levels have actually become so low. We, we talked about the droughts. They've become so low that it was unsafe to boat in the area kind of at all due to the proximity of the debris to the surface of the water. And there are also reports, just lastly on this theory, of boats capsizing, catching fire for seemingly no reason, kind of attaching it back to the spiritual nature of all of this. What the hell? One could quite easily say that, that this land or once land, now lake, is cursed. And I would, I would believe that. No one should go near this lake. No. This At should all. no longer be your destination of choice. <laughs> Even if this, like, you don't believe in the supernatural or just, I don't know, uh, evil spirits or whatnot. I mean, the damn catfish in there. Right. Even if you, uh, wow. Say you don't believe in the real mm-hmm. that is the catfish. Right. You still have bodies in the damn lake. So you don't There's believe that. For everyone There's here. still buildings in there. Absolutely. You have the practical, the obvious, the reality, the true crime potential, the yeah. spiritual potential. Like literally everything about this lake is just Nothing saying about this lake not is hospitable, dude. Nothing. Yeah. At all. So how much money would it take for you to swim across it? Oh, about five bucks. Okay. Yeah. Just checking. Five bucks and a knife. Okay. There we <laughs> yeah, go. Yeah, okay. There you go. Uh no, to swim across this thing, assuming I could do it, mm-hmm. it would take a healthy sum. I'm saying like a couple years salary worth. Because huh. like whew, and and a chase boat to kind of watch me Oh, one thousand percent doggy paddle across this yeah. thing. I mean the boat would be uh a fair distance away. We want to make sure like Mm-hmm. We don't want to scare off any potential catfish. Right, right. I want it to be an authentic, yeah, real-life thing. Experience. I'm not going to baby you across the right. damn I don't, lake. You know, I don't want to scare away the what could happen, because that's exactly. the fun of the danger, the risk. But I do need to be attached via some sort of sturdy rope. you know. And I'm not saying, let's dig out one of these numbers from Grandpa's old shed in the back. Right, and the, I got some dusty like, rope. I'm talking like a chain. You're talk, yeah, you're talking about us doing our research, spending yeah. a little money. I'm mm-hmm. sure... I'm, Sure, there's rope technology and yep. and rope advancement. Right, and you got all these fancy knots and fancy ropes, Cat, anti-slip, anti-catfish. Right, right. Yeah. Now here's the thing: what's what, what I picture is going to happen is you're like every safety precaution. We got this man strapped on by a bunch of chain, so if he gets yoinked by something, we can try to pull him back yeah. up. We're good. What's going to happen is gonna pull you apart. No, well oh, maybe okay. they're going to pull me up, and it's going to be like we got a leg. It's going to be like the goat from Jurassic Park. Oh yeah, they're gonna yeah. be like, we had everything. Where is it? Ah, it's just we thought we had him safe. Yeah, he's just gone the leg. and nibbled the leg it's off. Just the leg. Yeah, but uh, to throw a reality wrinkle on on some of these kind of more supernatural theories, in March of 2021, so quite recently, as of the recording of this, within the last year, water quality tests found that there was an increasing amount of chlorophyll in the waters, making these waters potentially harmful in a biohazard kind of way to both humans as well as wildlife. Chlorophyll is thought to be from the local runoff and fertilizer, which is a growing problem around the world as fertilizer just kind of pours off the land with irrigation. It enters the water and then certain bacterias and algae and all sorts of that go, this is awesome. And then you have a bloom, which then can blanket the water, preventing sunlight from getting down in there. And you just have a very toxic environment for for life, balanced ecosystem. This place sucks. Yeah. 
But it is worth mentioning that chlorophyll has not been the cause, at least not as of yet, of like any death. for any of the deaths or the drownings like when doing the autopsies. Um, that hasn't come up. So aside from the excess chlorophyll, Lake Lanier has been deemed safe to swim. I would deem it not that way. No. And like with many episodes, well, here is something else that I'm afraid to do. If so, there's a one in a million chance, because that's essentially okay. what we're a 1.2 right. in a million yeah, chance. Yeah, those are the odds. I don't want to fear monger and say never swim in this lake. But to kind of put your question back on you, would you swim in this lake? Um, No, just out of grossness. Yeah. I'm a clean boy. Okay. I like mm-hmm. to be very clean. Like the This man's going to be sitting in the bathtub tidy, next to the water. Tidy ship. Hmm. And I'm not trying to get into this like my tidy whities and swim around getting all dirty. Now, why why do you have to be swimming around almost in the buff? Why why can't you have like a some swim trunks, board shorts? Want to be immersed, or in even it. like a banana hammock? Just something being immersed. I got my tidy whities. This man's immersed, and I'll just leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, so these are some of the theories, and I think, like I said, that there's an amalgamation of activity happening behind Lake Lanier. Is it the catfish that prevent you from heading there? Is it the the potential, I guess, curse on this lake from the from the past? Right. Or do you think it's because it's a crime hotspot that you wouldn't want to go here? I, I think it's just you? it's got a bad history, and so that's just funneled in more bad to it. Right. Bad begets bad. Yeah. And it just. Uh, I I'd rather uh, feeling if you're like, you know. If you're gonna feel safe going to this, what would you take? And I'd be like, daylight, because I want to. I would take another lake. With <laughs> yeah, me. but I don't. I don't think that like you know I'm sitting here trying to swim across this, going, give me a rosary and a knife. Uh huh. I think more so. I'm just like I'm more afraid of, of like being there at night. Yeah, seems like a dangerous place to be. Absolutely. Well, that has been Lake Lanier. Just another destination on this fine planet that. Uh, we might have put the fear in all of you task force to just not go to. But yeah, closing thoughts, Fredo? What the hell, man? Just the catfish thing. Mm. What the hell? I know, right? I'm still baffled by this. Who allowed that? I, These cute little bottom feeders, little whiskers. You I know, just they were like, I'm a cat, like, but I'm I a just, fish. I just didn't know. I didn't know. Well, the more you know. Anyway, this has been Red Web. Thank you all for listening so much. We'll see you next Monday. For another mystery, if you want to support us, you can go to store.roosterteeth.com, get yourself some Red Web merchandise, or simply share the podcast with a friend of yours, someone who you think will love indulging you yeah. in your wild catfish theories. This is what you do. You give them a little, meow, go, 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 go. And, and that's go, how you and know. And they go, what? And you go, listen to this podcast. Let me explain. It all started, that's the test. You know someone's a task force listener when you go up to them and go, Blah, 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 blah. Yep. And if they go and if they do it back, you're like, excellent. And if not, <laughs> embarrassing. No. <laughs> and for them. Right. Oh, you don't know? <clears throat> Can't be talking to you. Gotta get you on this. Anyway, Fred, I'll see you back here later next Monday. Later.